So the first reading is from Colossians 2, 13 to 15. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. A reading from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered the companion, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, nor even outside the door. And he preached even outside the door. Some men came to him to give to the paralyzed, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat and the paralyzed man was lying. When Jesus saw his faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what the people were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier? to say to the paralytic, your sons are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone as they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So, I really love this story. I really love it because it's really, it means something personal to me and I'll share it with you in a minute. But first, let's just consider what has happened here. So four friends, maybe more of them, have heard so much about Jesus and his healing miracles that they decide to bring their paralyzed friend to see Jesus. And it isn't as easy as perhaps they might have hoped, because when they arrive, the house is so crowded, they can't get their friend in to see Jesus. So rather than just walk away, they opt for the slightly more unconventional method of climbing up onto the roof, making a hole in that roof, and lowering their friend in front of Jesus. I would imagine that at that point, they were possibly a little bit fearful because it may be that they were worried about making a hole in the roof. I would imagine that the paralyzed man also was a bit scared. The mat would have been quite rocky and it wouldn't have been easy to be lowered down through the roof in front of Jesus. He also may have been scared because he'd been paralyzed from birth. What if Jesus couldn't heal him? However, Jesus sees their faith and he says to the paralytic 
son, your sins are forgiven. And the teachers of the law don't like this because if Jesus says that, he's claiming to be God because only God can forgive sins and therefore he's blaspheming. But Jesus knows what they're thinking and so he says to them, he challenges them by asking them, well, which is easier to say that someone's sins are forgiven or to tell a paralyzed man to get up and walk? And this question is so good because it's obviously much easier to say to somebody, oh, your sins are forgiven, because we don't know. We can't tell by looking at somebody whether or not their sins have been forgiven. We don't know. But if you say to somebody who's paralyzed, get up and walk, well, then we and they can see straight away whether or not any healing has taken place. And one of the reasons that I love this story is because that happened to me. So some years ago, I fell off my bike. It slipped on the ice, and um, fortunately, I didn't break anything. But I was very bruised and battered, and I couldn't actually lift my arm further than about here, and it really, really hurt. Several weeks later, it was still really painful, and I was only able to sort of do this. Anyway, I was booked into a, a new wine women's conference, so off I went. And on the first evening, we were put in groups of about four or five, and we were asked to share any prayer needs, and then we would pray for one another. So at the time, one of my daughters was going through a whole load of stuff in her life that needed prayer. So briefly, I shared that with these ladies, and I also shared that I was in a lot of pain in my shoulder. So we then prayed for one another, and immediately after they prayed for me, I could move my shoulder. I was completely freed from all the pain. Exactly, amen. Thank you, Jesus. So the next morning, I was sat up in bed with a cup of tea, and I was thanking God for healing me and for taking away this pain and allowing the movement and everything. But I said to him, Lord, I am really grateful, but actually, I would rather that you'd answered the prayer about my daughter. And then this story came into my head and I thought, yes, God healed my shoulder so that I would know that he's heard the prayer for my daughter. So that was just pretty amazing. And of course, that's what happened here, isn't it? That's what happened in this story that we've just heard read. Because after Jesus asked the religious leaders which is easier to do, he then demonstrated his power and authority by saying to the paralytic man, take up your mat and walk, which was a command that could immediately be tested. And the man did, and the people praised God. Can you imagine how that man must have felt? Can you imagine how his friends felt to have seen their faith so richly rewarded? So, here we have both a spiritual and a physical healing. Shalati, can you, sorry, thank you. And isn't that what we all so desperately need in this world? There are lots, as we look around our world, we see lots and lots and lots of physical needs that are crying out for Jesus' healing. But we also see lots and lots and lots of spiritual needs which also are crying out for Jesus' healing. So sometimes 
people are paralyzed. Sometimes that paralysis is physical, but sometimes that paralysis is spiritual. So the first type of spiritual paralysis that I want to talk about, or to think, us to think about, is the paralysis of unforgiveness towards others. Sometimes it's easier to stay angry with somebody or to be hurt by somebody or to hold on to that bitterness because somebody has hurt you very badly. And the trouble is, it's easy to hold on to that because you're right and they're wrong. So why not be angry? Or sometimes you feel that you have a right to be angry. Or sometimes that feeling of anger or resentment or bitterness is so familiar because you've held on to it for so long that you've become really comfortable with it and you couldn't imagine life without it. But what is that doing to you? It's eating away inside. It can make you ill, that bitterness inside. It stops you from trusting people. It, say, it makes you see things in a skewed manner sometimes. Or if you hear somebody else talking about the person that's hurt you, your views are then tainted by that anger or that unforgiveness that you are holding towards somebody else. And it might be nothing to do with what they did originally, but it's changed the way that you think about this person. And I'm not saying that it's easy to forgive people when they've hurt you, but what I am saying is that you need Jesus. You need Jesus. We need Jesus to free us from that unforgiveness that is holding us back. Shalati, if we could just move on the next one, please. We need him to free us from the unforgiveness that we're holding towards other people because otherwise we are held back from living this full and abundant life that Jesus longs for us to live. And I have been in situations, often, where it's hard to forgive. One time, I was leading a life group, and the topic was forgiveness. And I suggested that it might be a good exercise for us to imagine the person that we can't forgive and to close our eyes, and then we would all hold that person, that unforgiveness, in our hands. And then in the quiet, we would pray, and we would give that hurt or that anger, or whatever it was, we would give that to Jesus. And as a symbol of handing it over to him, we would uncurl our fingers. So obediently, everyone closed their eyes, and they, they held in their hands somebody that, they, that had hurt them. And as we sat there in the quiet, praying and trying to give it to Jesus, I found that the person that I was trying to forgive had hurt me so much that I couldn't open my fingers. My brain was saying, open, give it to Jesus, and my, my fingers just wouldn't move. Eventually, I opened my eyes, and everyone else was sat quietly with their hands open. Now, I have now forgiven that person, and we have a good relationship, but it is not always easy to, to forgive people. And sometimes, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, Rather than saying, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, I have to pray, 
forgive me my sins as I want to forgive those who've sinned against me. Because it isn't always easy and sometimes it's painful. And maybe you're sitting here and there is somebody that you're holding in your heart who you haven't forgiven for whatever reason. And that's really hard. So what I would say is, please ask Jesus to help you. There will be people after the service in the prayer tent. They will pray with you. Or ask a trusted friend. Ask somebody to pray with you. Ask somebody to help. And what we're going to do now is we're actually going to try it. So I'm asking you now to, in a minute, close your eyes, hold your hands out in front of you, and then in the quiet, let go of any hurt that you might be holding and give it to Jesus. So let's try that. So if you'd just like to close your eyes and hold your hands in front of you with your fingers curled up, and then in the quiet, in a few moments, just give that to Jesus. Amen. So maybe if that was you, if you found it hard, or if you found it easy, doesn't matter, but pray about it. Keep praying, keep asking Jesus, ask people for help. And so, that is the paralysis of the unforgiveness towards others. Okay. The next paralysis, yes please, Shalati, that we want to think about this morning is the paralysis perhaps of unforgiveness towards yourself. So maybe you are carrying, brilliant, that's it, lovely. Maybe you are carrying some guilt or shame from something that happened in your past and actually you can't let it go. Perhaps maybe it's a secret that you've, you've held because you've just not felt able to tell anybody. Or maybe somebody said to you, this is too big, you don't deserve to be forgiven. Or perhaps it's yourself. Perhaps you've said to yourself, this is too big, I don't deserve to be forgiven. But the thing is, this isn't how Jesus wants us to live. Because Jesus can forgive us, he will forgive us, and he does forgive us. Shalati, sorry, next one, thank you. He loves you so much that he died for you. He died for every single one of us. He died on that cross that every single one of us might be reconciled to God, the almighty creator of the universe. He loves us so much. He knows all the thoughts deep in our hearts. He knows all the sins that we've committed. And yet, he still loves us enough that he died for us. And that there's nothing new. There is no sin that, or nothing that you will have done wrong that hasn't happened before. You just need to look in the Old Testament and you can see everything in there. And yet, Jesus, knowing all of that, went to the cross for each one of us. I heard it said once, and I found this incredibly challenging. Somebody said to me, <clears throat> who do you think you are 
that Jesus can't forgive your sin. Because if, if I think that Jesus can't forgive my sin, does that mean that I think that my sin is bigger than Jesus? I mean, how arrogant is that? I found that incredibly challenging. And it made me rethink who I am and who Jesus is. Because of course he can forgive me. He's been given authority by our God to forgive sins. I'm just one person. Jesus is everything. His love is huge. It's overwhelming. It's unconditional. He can and he will and he does forgive each one of us. And so we need to believe that. I need to believe that. I need to trust that and I need to accept his forgiveness. And that's what we all need to do. Because if we don't, we are locked in this cycle of guilt and shame and hurt that holds us back from moving forward. It holds us back from making real relationships with people that are based on truth and honesty and trust and love. So again, if this is you, let Jesus heal you of this paralysis. Ask him to help you to receive his forgiveness. Ask Ask somebody to help you pray this. You don't have to do it on your own. And so we've thought about, okay, Shalati, we've thought about unforgiveness towards others. We've thought about the paralysis of unforgiveness towards ourselves. And this last paralysis that I want to think about is the paralysis of fear. So in the same way as perhaps those friends who brought their friend to Jesus were fearful, perhaps the paralyzed man himself was fearful. We sometimes are held back by the paralysis of fear. And that may be fear of the future. It may be fear of what other people think about us. It may be fear of what might happen if we act in a certain way or fear of change or any number of fears. But sometimes that fear holds us back. Now I know that most of you will be aware that we are now in our third term of the year of mission here at St. Jude's. But I wonder how many of us are still fearful of talking to other people about Jesus or offering to pray for somebody or sharing our story that we've thought about, about how Jesus makes such a difference in our own lives. Or maybe we're fearful of inviting people to church because we're worried about what they might think if they know that we go to church. And I know that, it, again, it's not always easy. A few years ago, um, at a different church, we had this project which was called Say One For Me. Say a prayer for me. Because, I don't know if you've ever had this, but even people who are non-Christians will sometimes say to you, oh yeah, say a prayer for me. And so the idea was that we would go out into the village and we would offer to pray for people. Not there and then, because that might have been a little bit too scary, but what we would do is we had a, a card and we would ask people if they wanted to write a prayer on that card. Or maybe it was just a name, or maybe it was just some initials. But the idea was we would collect up cards and then we would um, pray, we would meet on the Saturday afternoon at the end of this week where, and we would... Um, as a congregation have a service of prayer and praise and we would pray through all of these prayers. But I was quite surprised at how many people 
weren't keen to do this. And it may be that it was fear that was holding them back, fear of what people might think. But for those of us who did do it, oh my, it was such a wonderful experience. It was really great. People were really, really grateful that we cared enough to offer to pray for them. And a friend and I, we went, through, we went to all the shops in the high street and we talked to the shopkeepers about what we were doing. And it, it created, it sort of opened up new relationships and new conversations that went on weeks after the event because we cared enough to pray. And then, of course, the privilege at the end of the week of gathering up all these cards and praying them through was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. But it was a bit scary. Yes, it was a bit scary. And I had to give myself a bit of a talking to. Because what was the worst that could happen? Somebody might shout at me. Well, they did in the middle of the high street when I offered to pray. Somebody might say, no, I don't want you to pray for me. Well, again, that happened. But so what? Or somebody might be really angry with the church and they might, be tell they might give me a whole great story about why they don't go to church and why they don't believe in prayer and why they don't believe there's a God and all that sort of stuff. And again, that happened to me. I met one lady who, not knowing that I was married to the vicar, told me a long story about how the vicar had hurt her many years ago and now she would never go to church again. Great example of unforgiveness towards others, I feel. However, I didn't actually tell her who I was, but I you know, listened to all of this, went away, and then a couple of days later I made her some biscuits and I took them round. I still don't know if she knows who I am, but it doesn't really matter. The thing is, she was paralyzed. She was stuck. But I, thinking about going back to that week, Shalati, yes please, I could have let the fear win. I could have said, no, I'm not going out. I'm not going to knock on anyone's door. But I didn't. I asked Jesus for courage and I prayed. And I know that Jesus was with me always. He was with us all as we stepped out. And then we prayed some more. Neil told you a couple of weeks ago about um, an incident when we were on the Camino, when we were walking the pilgrimage walk in Spain, about somebody called Meg, who we'd spotted earlier on in the day, and she was limping. And when we had stopped, we had all stopped at the top of a hill um, for some fruit, um, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, offer to pray for her. Well, I could have just ignored this, couldn't I? Because I didn't know what her reaction was going to be. I'd never spoken to her before. But then I thought, well, what's the worst that could happen? I'm probably not going to see her again, so why don't I? So I offered, and she said, yes, please. And I prayed for her knee. And Jesus, in his grace and mercy and love, healed her. Fantastic encouragement for me and for her. There was another time when I was... Um, walking with a lady called Sally, an Australian, and I was sharing something about my faith. We could have talked about any number of things, but I thought, no, I'm going to talk about Jesus. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to Sally, because I, I probably won't ever see her again, 
but I just pray that a little seed was planted in her heart. And of course, every day I miss opportunities. I don't always pray for people. I don't always offer. I don't always talk about Jesus to people that I meet. But if I don't do that, I don't want it to be because of fear that I'm not stepping out. I don't want to be paralyzed by fear. And this week, I found a verse in in one of my Bible readings which made me smile because again, this fear is not new. So this verse comes from John and it's after Jesus has entered Jerusalem and you know, on the donkey, the triumphal entry and people have heard about his healings and his teaching with authority. And then there's this verse. Yet, at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. So it's not new. But what I do know is that I don't want to be paralyzed by fear. We are so privileged in this country to be free to practice our faith, to be free to meet together, to be free to pray and worship and read the Bible and listen to the word of God without hiding away. But that's just it. We're free to practice our faith. So let's practice our faith. Let's do it. Let's make Let's step out one small step at a time. That's all Jesus asks us to do. So don't let fear be the thing that holds you back. And there are lots of other fears that hold people back. And we don't have time, obviously, to go into all of those. But again, if this is you, ask Jesus for his help. Ask someone else to pray with you, to pray for you, to help you. If you're not in a life group, join a life group. Get the support from others who know you and love you, who will help you to move forward. And then you can be involved in supporting them as they seek to move forward in their faith. So this story can teach us so much about spiritual paralysis. We've got the paralysis of unforgiveness towards others. We've got the paralysis of unforgiveness towards ourselves. And we've got the paralysis of fear. But Jesus is here. And he longs to heal us. He longs to enable us to move forward. He wants to release us from whatever is holding us back. Jesus came to heal the sick and the broken. And that's me and you. He came to bring us life in all its abundance. So let's pray. Jesus, Son of God, you have the authority to heal us, to release us from paralysis. Help us, we ask, to forgive others, to forgive ourselves, and to step out in faith, not held back by fear. Thank you that in your love, you ask us to take small steps And thank you that we can trust that you are with us always. Amen.